Hey guys, it's Ed and I'm coming to you live from the Drunk Gossip Studios here in New York City. And, alright, I just wanted to address yesterday. Yes, I took a day off. Um, <clears throat> I, I've been battling a cold for a couple days and a friend came to town and so I went and had dinner with him. And when I got home, it was so late and I wasn't feeling well. And I ended up passing out. So, today's episode was was supposed to be True Crime Saturday, as usual. But that's going on a bit of a hiatus um, for the next couple of weeks. And instead, we will, um, today we will, we will do yesterday's episode. Yay! <laughs> um, I'm sure Will is going to get really, really angry. <laughs> That I, I took the day off. Um, but, you know, whatevs. <laughs> so, Lori Lachlan, we've talked about her all week, is said to... She is said to have some issues um, with not realizing what she did was actually illegal. In terms of the... Um, college admission scandal. She thinks, oh, any mom would have done this if they had the money. And maybe she's right. You know, I'm definitely not trying to say she's wrong or um, not thinking clearly, but she's wrong in not thinking clearly. (laughs) So, For those of you that don't know, because you've been living under a rock or are not obsessed with pop culture like certain beloved podcasters are, um, Lori Loughlin is one of like 30 parents that are accused of bribing and or cheating to get their kids into an elite school. In Lori Loughlin's case, this school was USC, and she... She paid more than $500,000 to have her daughters um, admitted as being part of the rowing team, even though neither one of them row. So, somehow, this never occurred to Lori Lachlan or her husband, Massimo, that maybe, just maybe, this whole thing was going to blow up in their face and make people angry. People like their daughters. So right now, though, a source is saying that allegedly the only reason Lori Lachlan hasn't copped to a plea yet is because she's worried about what her daughters are going to think. Now, here, okay, I just need to say this. I, I understand. I'm not a parent myself, but... Mandy, Mandy is a mom. Mandy's a great mom. And, you know, I, I watched her with her son before he passed RIP. And she never wanted to embarrass him. She always wanted to make sure that, you know, he, he had what he needed. He was happy. But the most important aspect of that has always been... Just making sure everything is good. 
So, so that's why I know what a good mom looks like. So thank you, Mandy. Um, so, so I really do believe that Lori Lachlan is worried about what her daughters think of her. I just don't know why she wasn't worried about it before she did all this. You know, that's the whole thing. Like, fine, like, be worried about what your daughters think, but worry about it beforehand. And the source went on to say that um, Olivia Jade is is really upset. Um, she's, um, for those of you that don't know, she's a really popular YouTube uh, vlogger, which I didn't know until I, I looked her up, but she, yeah, she's super duper popular. Um, and she lost a bunch of deals. We talked about this before, um, when I was begging people to give me sponsored deals for my social media. All two of you who still follow me. <laughs> Anyways, um, according to Empty Lawyer over at Crazy Days and Nights, Olivia Jade... Oh, well, okay, first, this source says that Olivia Jade has been partying. And a lawyer added to that in an item he posted on Crazy Days and Nights saying that she's been hoovering up coke like her nose is, is a vacuum and the coke is dust mites. So, maybe Lori Lachlan needs to stop worrying about what her daughter thinks about her and start parenting. And I need to go take a break and come right back. Alright, I am back. Did you miss me? <laughs> I, don't, I was trying something new there. I don't like it, though. <laughs> um, okay, so first I have to start with a confession. I've not seen any of the Star Wars films. Um, you know, I know enough about them that I can have a passable conversation, but I've never actually sat and watched them. I, 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 I've promised Will that I will sit and watch them with him, but, um, at this point I haven't seen them. I, I, I always feel like I need to know enough to, just to go on, but really, whatever, so... The new Star Wars trailer dropped, Star Wars 9, Rise of the Skywalker. I have no idea what that means, but <laughs> apparently it's, it, it means something. Um, so I watched a teaser, and as you can expect, I have no idea what's going on. I thought it was a porn parody, to be honest. <laughs> Because, you know, the clip starts with her, like, breathing really heavy. And I was like, did I click on the wrong link? But no, it was CNN. And it was a porn parody teaser trailer. No, it, it was actually for, for Rise of the Skywalker. But, you know, it, it didn't make any sense. And then she starts running. And I was like, oh... It's a Cougar Town porn parody of Star Wars. For those of you who don't get that, um, in Cougar Town, um, season three, um, they started running gag about the Tom Cruise run. 
And it's just so perfect because that's exactly what um, she's doing in the clip. Um, but so, so I could form a, a better segment for you guys with someone much more informed than myself. I asked Will for some help. So I'm going to read you some of his comments. He said, Ian McDermott's return will be good for the memes, at least. I'm impressed his presence on set didn't leak. I'm impressed that I don't know any of those words. <laughs> um, I mean, obviously I know memes. Um, I don't know who Ian, who Ian McDermott is, though. And why his presence on set not leaking is such a, a huge thing. I'm sure that there's a reason, because Will would not have said it if there wasn't. I just don't know what that reason is. Um, I'm assuming his character died or something. Um, um, Let's see, what else did Will say? I don't know, man. There's not a lot to go on, and you know, this thing is wrapped in 700 layers of misdirection. Okay, that... That is just like Avengers, though. Disney has taken Shondaland's um, secrecy to a whole new place. And part of the reason I think they did that is because Solo, a Star Wars movie, or whatever they called it, um, it, it bombed. Um, there's really no other way to say that. Um... And we can dissect why it bombed later. But the truth is, like, um, it, it barely broke even. And, um, it just didn't do very well. And a lot of people are blaming Disney's greed for that. Because they had Rogue One. No, they had The Last Jedi. Um, in December, and then just a few months later, they had a Solo. And you can do that with the Avengers movies, because they're all interconnected, and they all lead to a big, um, universal, or universe movie story, whatever. Um, and then you spin those into phase two. And, and let's also be real here. That's what you do with comic books. You have new comic books every month featuring your heroes, you know, Captain Marvel, Captain America, Captain Crunch, I don't know. (laughs) Um, um, Will said, uh, he continued his thought about misdirection. Like, in, in the opening, opening scene, what's up with that new tie? Why isn't it shooting at Ray? Who's piloting it? What's she trying to do? Are we looking at a team-up or a ship destruction? Is that shot even going to be in the movie? Is this even really happening, or is it another vision? And I've already answered what she was doing. It's a porn parody. A Cougar Town Star Wars Poor parody. I mean, does no one listen to me? Um, although, I think Courtney Cox needs to lay off of 
the Botox because she looks like a completely different person. Oh. <laughs> um, uh, Um, he finished his thoughts for me by saying, Palpatine being involved is news. We getting Force Ghost Imps? Seems like it. I'll be annoyed if he survived. And I promise you, if, if that's the case, after Will sees this movie, he will want to record a segment and bitch about it. And he will bitch about it to me. Um... <laughs> So, that is what it is. <laughs> um, have you seen the new Star Wars uh, teaser trailer? Are you looking forward to it? Let me know. I'm going to go and I'll be right back. And I'm back. Um, you know, I forgot to mention in the last segment about Carrie Fisher briefly appearing in the, in the um, teaser trailer. But she's there. I believe... Um, and I could be wrong, so someone correct me. But I believe that they actually had enough footage um, from the first two movies and the new trilogy um, that they were. They said that they were going to try to cut her into um, this one, which I think is really, really cool. Um, but it's time to move on. And ironically enough, we're moving on to. Benjamin Platt, who himself says that this new album that he put out, um, Sing to Me, uh, Sing to Me instead, excuse me, um, is a way for him to move on. He talks about how, um, a lot of the songs were inspired by his exes, and, but it's not like in the Taylor Swift revenge I'm gonna tell the world what a douchebag you are way. It's more in the, okay, I'm letting go of this hurt, and poof. Um, so, and I, I he, he talks about it being very cathartic, and obviously I don't write music. I say obviously, like y'all know me. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I do write, and, you know, sometimes they're... they're it feels very good to take your ex and chop his head off in a story. Even if you never share that story with anybody. <laughs> um, here's, what ben, here's what Ben had to say. <clears throat> I didn't feel the need to give any warnings. Thankfully, there's nothing too harmful said about anyone. I'm sure if these people ever did find out that I had written about them, I'm sure they would agree the emotional experience was what I put across. I always sort of laugh when Taylor Swift talks about relationships and she can only move on when she's put it into a song, but there's a real truth to that. Um, And then he talks about how he put not only relationships, but his Tony winning role um, in Dear Evan Hansen in the rear view. Um, he said, I definitely wanted to make sure it was stylistically and sort of musically what I liked the most and what I loved to sing. And he, then he said, you know, people like James Taylor, Carol King, and Don, Donny Hathaway. Um, and Ben says he does not plan on 
um, singing any of the Dear Evan Hansen songs um, during his upcoming tour. However, if uh, I believe it's Universal that has the rights, yeah, if Universal has um, wants him to reprise his role um, when they put together their movie version, he is more than happy to do that. He says, I know it's in development and being written. Of course that would be a wonderful thing that I would love to be a part of. And, you know, I don't blame him. Because the whole Dear Evan Hansen storyline is very Oscar baby. And will probably get him nominated for an Oscar. If not win, he will at least get nominated. Um, so next we're going to see him in the Netflix show The Politician. It's a Ryan Murphy show. Um, at one point, Barbara Streisand was in talks to be part of the cast. Um, obviously that fell through. But, it, you know, he's surrounded by him. A, a great deal of many great actors. Um, if you don't know what it is, basically... Um, Ben will play a character who has his sights on the White House. But first, he has to get, you know, become old enough. So, in order to get into Harvard, he starts to rig an election. And, um, like I said, this is a Ryan Murphy show. And Ryan Murphy went to him after seeing him in... Went to Ben after seeing Ben and Dear Evan Hansen and offered him the role. He said, you were this open book, this sweet, empathetic, very easy to root for character. And I would like you to now play someone who is conniving and sociopathic and has a lot of hubris and is kind of a brat. I want to challenge you to just completely turn on its head. I was like, what more could you ask for as an actor? Um, I believe The Politician comes out this summer. Ben's CD is out now. You can stream it. You can buy it. You can... Whatever it. Um, And you can hold on for me because I'm going to go take a break and come right back. And I'm back. So, alright. This is going to get me into a lot of trouble, but... I, I was planning... I, I thought John Grisham had announced a new book. So I was checking that out, and we were going to talk about it. And I, I figured I would have feelings. like Because as much as I love John Grisham, I think he's a great author. He's still one of my favorites. His books have been very hit or miss for me lately. So, um, I wanted to make sure I was right, and I, I googled him and a story indeed did come up about him promoting a book but it wasn't his own it was by another author and as I often do I started scrolling through the feed this one was on Twitter and I noticed something and I I get this obviously I'm nowhere near as successful as John Grisham but, you know, I, I still get it too. Um, including with, with a former friend, but we'll get to that. Um, 
uh, a lot of people were like, oh, we, you know, we can't wait to read the book, whatever. Typical stuff. Um, but, intermixed with that, and it, it actually became a majority of the, the further down you went, were people telling John Grisham what to write. Um, one said, judges in their magic flying robes. Um, another told him to write about Ayat Sanid. Interesting things like that. Now, the the trouble with um, the, the magic robes, John Grisham is not a fantasy writer. I'm not saying he couldn't write them. He probably could. And he'd probably do very well at it. But up to this point, um, the commoner is supposed to be a fan of his since they're on this page and they're commenting. You would think they would realize, hey, he's never written anything about magic. Maybe no. Um, Maybe this is not something that he's interested in writing. Um... And then the Dyad Sinead. Now that was a that was a decent suggestion, but there are two things wrong with it. A, we don't know if John Grisham has any interest in doing any more true crime. Um, after the Innocent Man, he went right back to legal thrillers. Um, and he has not ventured back into the waters of nonfiction. Will he? I don't know. But at this point, we can say for sure he has not. And it's probably safe to say that he probably will not. The second problem is there are already so many books on that case alone um, and a lot of it is thanks to Serial, which made the case very popular. And in the in the field of true crime, you ha- you have to separate yourself, either by the cases you write about, or having an interesting take. It is not as easy as just sitting down at your keyboard and writing. I wish it were. I really do. Because I could probably bang out like eight books in a week if it were really that simple. Um, so, so those are the two problems. But the bigger issue for me is I hate when people tell me what I should be writing. Um, like I said, I don't get it often because I'm not as popular as John Grisham. And usually when, usually when someone wants to speak about, um, about something, um, like for this podcast or, um, one of the the essay slash articles that I'm writing, they approach it in such a way that it's 
I thought you might be interested. But there was one friend, November O'Malley, who did not do that. She was one of these douchebags who would literally tell you what to write. Um, when I was working on One Death to Live, there was, um, I was just finishing it up, and she decided to tell me that I needed to add in a character that made no, absolutely no sense for what I was doing. And I was like, no, like, I'm, I'm finished. Well, then it ends the sequel. No, that's not how this works. You know, even now, I still don't quite know what the sequel is going to be. I haven't really sat down and thought about it. Um, But, and and she did this a lot, and not just to me, to, to a lot of people. So, when I complain about this, it's not just fans who do it. Other authors do it, too. And it might actually be worse with other authors because then they're trying to put their own spin on your work. And it's fine for, like, fan fiction and whatnot, but when uh, when, some, when a writer is working on a novel or play, a script, even a short story, it is a labor of love. And, like, yes, I I treat my writing like a business, but it's still a labor of love for me. I love what I do. But I'm also pragmatic in that I need to eat. (laughs) So, don't try to force your view or what you think should happen onto the writer. Because the writer has spent time with these characters. He already knows. He or she already knows what needs to happen in their their story. And I know I need to go and come right back. And I'm back. Um, Alright, so... I need to give some warnings here. Um, this segment is going to touch on... Not touch on. It's going to be about domestic abuse. Um, so... If if that's a trigger for you, you may want to stop listening. Um, so, without further ado, let's let let let's get into this. Um, Johnny Depp and Amber Heard have been battling it out in the courts for for a very long time now. Um, their divorce, um, during their divorce, Amber Heard alleged that Johnny Depp beat her. And he denied it. He, he continues to deny that. And countered that she beat him. Um, and one of his supporting arguments was she was arrested for fighting with her ex-girlfriend on the plane. Um, and people were like, huh? Like, no. There were no charges ever pressed or anything like that. 
Um, but, it, you know, when it comes to a desperate man, he will, he will use everything at his disposal to, to try to get out of this. And in fact, um, I speak from experience with this. As you guys know, I was in an abusive relationship. And my ex, after he was arrested for um, nearly killing me and pushing me out a window. um, Sorry, I just had to regroup there. Uh, After nearly pushing me out the window, he... um, when he was arrested, he claimed to the cops that I stole his credit card. The same credit card that was in his wallet. And that I had taken out one time to pay for him and put it right back. So that was the thing that happened. Um, and, and obviously the cops were like, um, the credit card's right here. Uh, we don't know what you're talking about. Anyway, so... Johnny Depp then proceeded to sue Amber Heard over these allegations. And which she had renewed, um, well, he, Johnny Depp is suing a tabloid for reprinting what Amber Heard said. And so Amber Heard was admittedly distraught by this because she's telling the truth. And this time, she didn't, just like Michael Cohen, um, when he went to see Congress, she didn't come and ask you just to take her at her word. She came with evidence. Um, And you can Google the pictures. Obviously, this is a podcast. I can't show pictures, and I wouldn't even if I could. Because I've been there, I've been photographed um, with bruises all over my body, and... That is definitely not something that I would care to share with anybody. Um, so, Johnny Depp is really worried about keeping his Fantastic Beast franchise. Um, at this point, Warner Brothers is freaking out because... They backed a douchebag. Um, they backed an abuser. And they are worried because there are supposed to be five films on the Fantastic Beast, and Grindelwald, Johnny Depp's character, is imperative for them. So they're. Uh, a source says. Executives at Warner Brothers are wondering how to deal with backlash of the debt matter on the Harry Potter franchise. High-level female execs at the studio are extremely worried about working with Depp and the message it sends to the public, especially after the recent sordid departure of CEO Kevin Tishawa. This is yet another blow to the morale of female employees at the studio. If Warner Brothers continues to to stick by Depp, it would reveal a lot about the values that the company holds. Um, and there, some of the executives are push, pushing this off on J.K. Rowling, who 
came out and says she, you know, she had had a childhood crush and she was so excited to work with Johnny Depp on the movies. And they were like, mm, we wish you hadn't said that because now it's going to be very difficult for us to get rid of him. And what were you thinking? And here's what she was thinking. 100% honesty. It was... It is. Um, it is one of those things where you really have to put aside your ego, put aside everything, and just look at this prospect. She was promoting a movie, and you're not going to say anything negative about the star of the movie. You can't. So... What I'm imagining is going to happen here is... um, With the lawsuit going full steam forward... Warner Brothers is going to be forced to either delay the movie... Or... Recast. And Johnny Depp is not that great of an actor that he can't be recast. And it might actually make more sense in terms of um, storyline for him to get a new appearance. So there's that. But um, some of the pictures that Amber Heard showed, uh, and these are all filed with the court, so they're on the up and up. Um, where um, Johnny Depp just strings her closet um, and during filming of one of the Pirates of the Caribbean movie he got injured and the spin was that he broke his arm while filming but our friends over at Blind Gossip told us no that's not true he cut off his fingertip because he was on a drunken slash drug fueled bender, and um, and when they solved the item, when they actually did solve it, they they tied it directly to him destroying Amber Heard's closets and whatnot, and said that there was blood everywhere. Um, And, um, over at Crazy Days and Nights, um, Andy Lawyer says that there's a drug dealer who, um, was known to supply both Amber Heard and Johnny Depp with drugs. And the drug dealer is now very, very concerned about being called in to testify, um, at a trial... Because he's going to have to implicate himself in crimes. And he's going to bring down a bunch of people in Hollywood. Um, And one of the people, um, besides this alleged drug dealer, another person who's been roped into this is Elon Musk. Who Amber Heard 
um, dated for a while after the breakup with Johnny Depp. And Johnny Depp is really trying to discredit and defame um, Amber Heard. And again, this is a typical abuser behavior. I see right through it because, again, my own situation. Um, my ex actually reached out to my friends and told them that I had multiple personalities. And I was never quite sure how that was possible when he always told me I barely had one personality. So that was that was interesting, to say the least. Um, so thank you guys for sticking with me if you stayed um, for the segment. As always, I appreciate each and every one of you listening. And until next time, cheers. cheers.